Live from Southern California, this is the Jim Rome Show. It's finally here. It is Smack Off Week. The week of Smack Off 29. The biggest day on the jungle calendar is only four days away now. Only four more sleeps. If you cannot tell, I am hyped. No, I'm not going to take my shirt off. But I could. That's how hyped I am. So hyped. So hyped, I am opening the show with it. So hyped, I'm starting the show with it. So hyped that the main event is going to lead the show today. Because we may be getting down to the end of Smackoff season, but we are not quite there yet. We still have a couple of more major player profiles to get done. And also, again, it's not too late for you to get up into the field. I want to make that so clear. It is not too late. Now, the ones who are already invited know they're in. And if you're not sure, well, then you're not in. If you're not sure, you're not in. But there is still plenty of time to fix that. You can still call and rip a golden ticket. You can still get up off that watch list and get into the main field. Now, if you have a ticket and you're sitting on it and you're trying to just kneel out the clock, that's no good because you know I'll rip that ticket. You know I will rip it right the hell back. Again, if you play not to get beat, you will get beat every single time. Do you hear that choppa buzzing overhead? You hear that? You hear that? That's for anybody holding a ticket right now that's playing it safe, that's hiding, that's camping. You will get choppered. That is your warning. My point is... It is the week of. You want to be aggressive. You want to stay aggressive. I'm fired up, but that does not mean that anything is set in stone. You still have to earn it even the week of, unless you're a made person. And nobody knows that better than the man who's going to get the profile treatment today. A.K.A., if I'm going to start the week and start the show, not with a sports take, but with a smack-off take, you know I'm going to start with the GOAT. The GOAT. The G-O-A-T is the B-I-C. Brad in Corona. The best to ever do it. He is your 2009, 2011, 2015, 2018, 2019, and 2021 champion. That's right. Not one, not two, not three, not four, not five, six straps. And yes, that is more than any other clone. The guy is a dynasty. His greatness goes all the way back to his very first call in 2008. We've already played that call earlier in Smack Off season, and I'm about to play it back once again for a couple of reasons. Number one, it never gets old. Number two, it, the single call, changed the jungle forever. Okay, I wanted to hit on the NBA Finals for a bit. I want to talk about Kobe or KG or PP. I only want to talk about the abundance of oil on Doc Rivers' nose and forehead. Hey, Doc, you're not supposed to sweat more than your players when all you do for 48 minutes is sit on the sidelines yelling out, That's a foul! Romy, be honest. Have you ever seen a face that oily before? I mean, no wonder oil's trading at $133 a barrel. Doc's been hoarding it all on his face for the past two months. 
George Bush wants to send troops to occupy Doc Rivers' nose. Hey, when this thing's all over, Romy, and the Lakers win the championship in seven, <clears throat> lose tonight by 20, maybe we could get a team of scientists to quarantine Mr. Rivers and determine how I can power my car from what comes off Doc's face every game. War Lakers in seven. War Phil Jackson playing all of the uncircumcised Euros in his lineup at the same time. <laughs> I like the double manual buzzer there. The BIC was an instant sensation with that call. But clearly that was only the very beginning. The following year, he won his first smack off in his first main event when he made this call. Romy, I'll let that digest while I move up the jungle food chain to Mike Detola. Excuse me, I forgot his proper title. Dork Mike Detola. Mike, please do not call into the show today and talk about your college degrees and how smart you are, you smarmy little dork. I know you're a dentist, Mike. I know you went to college, okay? I did too. And you know what, Mike? I also know exactly what college was like for you, you silly, silly nerd. Romy, can't you picture Mike and his brother Jeff schlepping their big old luggage trunk across the quad on their first day of college? Jeffrey College is a whole different ball game. People judge you differently than they did in high school. They're all excited, you know, but then Ogre spots them from the roof of the fraternity house. Nerds! 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 Where are they, Jeffrey? I think he's talking about us, Michael. Yeah, that's right, Mike. You're a nerd. Stop calling into the Jim Rome Show and talking about sports and college. The closest you came to sports and college was when you and your brother and Booger and Lamar and the rest of the Lambda 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 fraternity house put liquid heat in the football team's jock straps before practice. <laughs> that made Brad... <laughs> the first caller to win his first smack-off since JT the Brick won the first smack-off. But that's not even the most impressive smack-off achievement of the BIC's career because in 2015, my dude became the first and only caller to ever wire the field in the main event. He asked to lead off when he called in first and he made the winning call. You see, Mike, that's about how stupid you sounded last year. You've won this contest by yourself the same number of times a woman has swiped to the right on your Tinder profile. Zero. The only chance you have of going viral on your own today is if Chael somehow forgets to remind you to take your herpes meds. And rather than screaming out a played-out catchphrase, I'm going to end my phone call simply. If you've ever wondered what the sound of a dude going wire to wire and winning a smack-off title by himself is, it sounds exactly like this. Man's game, bitch. This dude... I want to make sure everybody understands. It is possible in our number one. There is no rule that says our one callers have no shot. I understand why people want to go later on in the program. I understand tactically why that's the play for so many. I'm just saying you can win from our one. Brad has already proven that. Not only did he win from our one, he won batting leadoff and asked to do so. So essentially, there's nothing left for Brad to prove at this point, and yet he's still in here all the time, proving that he is the best caller ever to this show, to the jungle, and the GOAT has been absolutely locked in this smack-off season. In fact, he even took it upon himself to declare it smack-off season this year and also give a nice, warm welcome to the new guy in the back row. 
Well, I'm glad I actually got on. Uh, on that note, you should fire Jack Savage immediately, Jim. Worst call screener you've ever had. That includes Jay Stu, who hung up on me the first time I called. He picked up right now. He goes, Jim Rome Show, who's this? I go, it's Brad. He goes, Broad? I go, no, Brad. He goes, okay, okay, yeah. Where are you calling from, Brad? I go, Corona? He goes, yeah, okay, okay. Well, we've got a pretty busy day. A few guys uh, in front of you, but I'll uh, see what I can do to get you on. Thankfully, Tom smacked him upside the head and got on the phone and uh, passed the message along. But anyways, um, I'm so here for good. a different matter today, Jim. A month or so ago, you allowed everyone's favorite bald guy, Rick in Buffalo, to come up in here and officially declare at the start of smack-off season. Jim, I don't know if you're aware of this, but Rick isn't really that important to your show. That's like letting Jackson Mahomes declare at the start of the NFL season. Rick and Jackson are pretty similar, by the way, Jim. Jackson likes to play with toys and is currently being accused of sexual battery. And Rick looks like the sexual toy that you put batteries into. True story, Jim. You can unlock Rick and Buffalo's iPhone by holding it in front of Rick's face or anyone's peener. He loves the Goo Goo Dolls, Jim. They have zero good songs. I take that back. They have one good song. It's that Broadway song, and the only reason it's good is because I constantly fantasize about being able to sing it at Broadway Vic and NoCal's funeral. I picture maybe five people total showing up, kind of like the great Gatsby's funeral if Gatsby were poor, unemployed, and addicted to pornography. Anyway, in my mind, Jim, a hush falls over the crowd as I take the mic and sing, Broadway Vic's dead tonight. His snack was weaker than it used to be. Broadway Vic's dead tonight. He was killed by some duty called a libtard on Twitter. I guess it was his time to die. Jim, I am here to officially declare at the start of Smack Off season. It's Smack Off season. Hell yes. The B.I.C. The GOAT. How are you going to argue that? Craving some protein after a good workout? Do not make a shake or eat a bar. Grab a bag of beef jerky from Old Trapper instead. Why Old Trapper? Because Old Trapper beef jerky is tasty and tender and made with real strips of steak and quality spices that are smoked over a wood fire. Old Trapper is a family-owned business. They take their smoked beef extremely seriously, and you can taste it in every single bite. Like, who wants dried, tough beef in a bag? Nobody. It's like eating a shoe. Old Trapper, though, is the real deal, and it comes in four amazing flavors, old-fashioned, teriyaki, peppered, and hot and spicy. So the next time you want a great protein and energy snack that you can have anytime, anywhere, grab some Old Trapper beef jerky. Look for Old Trapper in the Clearview bag. That way you can see the quality that you're buying. Look for it in major retail stores near you. If you do not see it, clones, be sure to ask for it by name because no other jerky compares. Old Trapper, what's your beef? If you need any more evidence that the six-time champ, that the GOAT was locked in this year, not that you should need any more evidence, but if you do, check out his RSVP from last week. Then go ahead and try to tell me that you would put your cash on anybody else other than the GOAT right now. It's nice that Casario took time away from playing the Green Goblin in Spider-Man movies and managing a very poorly managed franchise to come in here and roast butt nuts for a few minutes. Let me recap for those of you who didn't hear. We got an active NFL GM 
picking a very inactive Sean Pendergast to win the Smackoff title. I mean, in Casario's defense, though, he also picked the Houston Texans. So what does that tell us? Nick, I know you saw Sean when you were in the studio last week, but did you actually look at him? Come on, dude. The guy looks like he judges barbecue competitions for a living. Actually, now that I think about it, Sean, he probably outweighs most of your O-line. Maybe he can fill in next year when they're all injured by week three. Knock on wood. Let me put it to you like this, Casario. The fitness rings on the Cablin Asian's iPhone were recently diagnosed with clinical depression. They don't even encourage him anymore. They just go, well, Sean, you probably could do it today, but let's be honest. You're not going to. Anywho, that's all I got, Jim. I will see you on the 29th for Dong Day and the 30th for the Smack Off. I want a war. Mark in Hollywood showing up to the picket lines for the Hollywood writer strike. He's not a writer or anything. He's just there for the free bagels and coffee. Out. The dude is a dynasty for a reason, clones. He is the standard. Now, he is the standard, but he's not unbeatable. But if you want a strap, you're going to have to go through this guy to get it. He is not the defending champ, but he is the best to ever do it. And if you want that strap, you're going to have to go through this guy to get that strap. Okay, wow. That call screener's stupid. Romy, I came to the jungle to drink some beers and talk some smack. Rick and Buffalo is so ugly when he and his wife have sex, she has to close her eyes and pretend he's Tony Kornheiser. Hey, shout out to Cruz Pedregon for volunteering to put the smack off winner's name on his race car for one race. Cruz, I don't want to look a gift horse in the mouth here, but dude, this ain't the Indy 500, man. You race NHRA drag cars that last for like five seconds. The only thing quicker than that with less publicity would be if Vic and NoCal volunteers to shout out the winner's name the next time he has sex. Ah, ah, Brad, Brad and Corona. But when I smack him like this, and he takes it like that, Jim, you'll have to admit that this guy's just a hack to me when I clown them like this, and they take it like that. It's not hard to believe that they've all become hacks to me. Mark in Hollywood, what do your parents tell their friends that you're doing out here exactly? Last week, Matt in Vancouver called in and uh, admitted that him and Tyler had a shared calendar appointment for a northern sando with my wife. Matt, I'm confused. Uh, When you kick my wife out of your northern sando, that just leaves two dudes left in the sando, so it's an all-meat protein-style Canadian Sando? If the Mant brothers were horse owners, their stables would consist of one Zenyatta, that's you, Jim, and about 50 of those zebra-painted donkeys that tourists take pictures with when they go down to Mexico. I afraid he won this thing last year and he took the computer as his prize? Giving a 92-year-old guy a computer is borderline elder abuse, Rome. Hexy-poo, hexy-poo, I put a hex on you. I'm not saying times are hard for Mark in Hollywood, Jim. What I am saying is the only acting work he's had lately consists of trying to convince the cashier at Walmart that the dog food he buys once a week is actually for a dog and not for him to chow down on in the parking lot like they've caught him doing on the regular. Extra, extra, Brian Weber, football newspaper here, see? Read the results of every touchdown scored. Totally commercial free there, boy. Seriously, Rome, I don't know if you've seen Left's ears lately, but I'm pretty sure with those radar dishes tacked to the sides of his head that that dude can listen to your show without ever actually turning on his radio. Rumor has it he can hear a whisper from over 50 miles away. Hey, Lef, you're a gimmicky little bitch. Hey, man. Hey, you listen to Jim Rome show, dude? I'm on there, man. I'm the guy who, when I call up, dude, no matter what I say, at the end of every phone call, I go like this, man. I go, 
I do declare, I do declare. And then, then I say, now I'm done. Rack me, dude. Oh, man. I'll tell you, everybody's awesome, man. Cal in Vegas, recently relocated to heaven. R.I.P. Cal. Stugna didn't post the odds of you winning this year, but they're the same as they were last year. I can't That right there is Brad and Corona. <laughs> 14 smack-offs, six traps, and clearly not done. Bradley, dude, you know I can't wait for Friday. This profile just got me hyped up all over again. So much so that I'm not done yet. Now I need to hear the promo again. We have a new champion, and he did it. Caleb in Green Bay. Anything is possible. There are three seasons on the sports calendar. Football season, non-football season, and smack-off season. The, smack the date off. for smack-off number 29 is Friday, June 30th. Five grand to the winner, zero grand to second place. Don't worry, you're all winners, losers. It doesn't matter how much money you make this week. If your heart's going to explode the next. Those bones headed my way. To be clear, this is an invite-only event, Vic. Fizzle gonna do what Fizzle gonna do. Oh, yeah? Well, well I wake up at, at, at 1.40 in the morning. And Victor is back, bitches. How's that grab you? Rick in Buffalo. I guess if I was as big a loser as victim, I'd pretend to be other people, too. Benny in Wisco. When Rick makes his calls from the local payphone, he's gonna knock the receiver off the hook with a broom and scream at the top of his lungs at it while swinging above his head in order for anyone to hear him. B-I-C. I, Ray Craig, is a hobo sexual he prefers wrestling with a homeless chick on the most drugs with the largest tent mark in hollywood Brad, you're basically the jungle's gronk you've won a lot thanks to cheating and you're a poster child for cte cuckold timid energy from richmond jeff the dirtiest player in the game jim jeff from richmond has come back to the smack up left war jacksonville jaguars shaheed khan sporting that big brown lip sweater that looks like he gave him Davenport. The Cablin Asian. You're either an obese, sweaty, hump, drunkenly rocking a jersey of some player that wouldn't on you if you were engulfed in flames, or you're a suburban dad whose wife has already spent the five grand you thought you were winning today. I have Brady. I don't need to be reimbursed for my expenses. I don't need my dog's assistance. <laughs> Here I am, au naturel, kicking your ass. Caleb in Green Bay. Caleb versus everybody. Take your best shot, tough guys. I'll see you in my driveway. Get in here now. It would be. I tell everybody to do Wilma's own. I said, say my name, I double dog dare you. Say Drizzle's name, say his name. He can't hang up his phone, right? Gonna do some drugs tonight. That guy is lame. We are officially counting it down. Who is Johannes? Johannes. She just is a net face You can either be great with me, you can, can win with me, or great. watch me win. Win what? Another positive herpes test? Acknowledge me. God, I June 30th. I do declare. I do declares. Come get some. Come get some, you little bitches. On Wisconsin. Let's go. It is Smack Off Week. Discover credit cards do something pretty awesome. At the end of your first year, they automatically double all the cash back you've earned. That's right. Everything you have earned doubled. 
All the cash back from eating at your favorite restaurant doubled. All the cash back from that trip where you sort of learned to snowboard also doubled. And the best part, you don't have to do anything he ridiculous shows up early. to get it. He looks like a million. Discovered You've got it on the Zoom. We're ready to roll. Seriously, though. And then technically there is an and issue. Check it out for yourself we had to reestablish contact. being the slash pro match. that Gabe is, we reestablish on the phone. And I'm going to finish what I started because it's a conversation that I've been looking forward to for a long time. Gabe, I really appreciate you playing some ball with me and the patience. Thanks for joining me once again, Gabe. How you feeling now? Of course, man. No problem. I'm happy we can make it work. Yeah, that's my guy right there. All right, so before I talk about your situation this week and going forward, why don't you finish that thought that we started on the Miami Heat culture? I want to ask you this. Like, that culture that you were talking about, it can't be for everybody, right? I mean, are there people that are not built for the way you guys prepare and work, and do they get weeded out pretty quickly if so? Uh, 100%. And I think it's just we just do things differently. And we acknowledge that, you know, there's not just one route to success or one answer, but that's just the way we do it. and we believe in it. We believe in our process. And um, like I said, it's not for everybody, but uh, we do our best to hold each other accountable and, and have a, a high standard of excellence. Okay, Vincent, joining us. I want to ask you about one guy who personifies that culture to me, and that's Udonis Haslam. I, I've been Absolutely. utterly fascinated by this guy for so long. Admittedly, Gabe, I haven't spoken to him in a couple of years, but what was he like as a teammate, and what's the most important thing you learned from him or picked up from him? Um, he's amazing as a teammate, first and foremost. You know, everyone calls him OG. I think he's just the, the vet of the entire league um, at this point or was this past season. Um, he's, his consistency, his discipline um, is just remarkable. You know, at, at his age, to be able to go out there and give us meaningful minutes, you know, five, ten minutes, whatever it was, you know, he, he played a game for us. Um, and it was never a doubt or, you know, does he have this in him or can he handle it? Um, you know, because he's done a, a great job of just keeping his body prepared keeping his mind prepared, and that's part of uh, what we do. I mean, Gabe, for instance, like, you're all about the process, but what's it like when you're that guy? I mean, he was that guy for a long time, but what's it like to maintain that consistency and keep your body and mind prepared when you're not guaranteed minutes and probably won't get them? Yeah, it's tough. Um, You know, sometimes it's easier than others, uh, but it's part of it at the same time. You can't control when you go in the game, and when you don't, you can just control being ready. And, you know, after doing it for – uh, day in, day out, it becomes a habit, and you build all these good habits. And before you know it, it's just your lifestyle. It's just the, you change the way you eat. It's just what you do now. You know, it becomes second nature. I love it. It's a lifestyle. It's not a job. It's not even a habit. It's not even a discipline. It's a complete lifestyle. It's an identity. All the great ones understand that. Gabe Vincent's joining us. So now you are an unrestricted free agent with full bird rights come Friday. What is your mindset heading into free agency? How are you approaching it? I'm just, I'm excited. You know, it's a blessing. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. Obviously, it's a lot of things could change. Location could change. But uh, I'm just trying to keep an open mind going into it. And, uh, you know, just looking forward to see what happens. So, Gabe, specifically, what are you looking for in your next opportunity? Uh, that's, that's a tough, tough answer. I mean, obviously, I, I'd love to, to go somewhere and impact winning and, um, and, 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 you know, continue to have deep runs in the playoffs. I think everyone in the NBA would have that answer. But, uh, I definitely want to be at a place where I have an opportunity to be me and an opportunity to, to have an impact and a role on, on a team. I'm looking forward to that, wherever it may be. We're talking to Gabe Vincent. You know, Gabe, Eric Spolstra said a point blank. We love Gabe. We love Gabe. 
I have to think that you love it there as well. But now this is a business decision you have to make. As an example, this is not like when you were coming out of college and you were undrafted. Now you've made yourself a valuable commodity. They mm-hmm. clearly want you back, but do they still check all of your boxes? Um, you know, I think the, the feelings are mutual. You know, my time in Miami was, has been amazing. Um, the organization has been great to me. Coaching staff has been great. Um, but, you know, now, like you said, it is a business, and, and, you know, things just have to work out at the end of the day. And, um, you know, there's certain things that, that they're going to try to do and, um, and try to get roster-wise, and we'll see just how things go budget-wise and, and go from there, you know, because a team could come in and, and, and change that whole dynamic. So we'll kind of just see how it goes. And like I said, I'm just trying to remain open-minded. We're talking to Gabe Vincent. You know, Gabe, you've evolved as a person and as a player. From a basketball standpoint, going from a two-guard to a one is one of the most difficult things you could do, especially at that level. I'm curious, what did you think when Eric Spolstra first told you, this is our plan for you, we want you to make that transition, and then what was that transition like? Uh, In my mind, I said perfect. You know, Mm. I I felt like I had some of those qualities uh, in me already. I, I grew up playing point guard. Obviously, playing point guard at the highest level is very different, especially when you're lining up against the guys that are in this league at that position. Um, but it's just another challenge that I can embrace and grow and expand my game. You know, I'm always looking for ways to remain on the court. So if I could be valuable in more than one way, uh, play more than one position, um, I relish in that opportunity. We're talking to Gabe Vincent. So, Gabe, I'm proud of plenty of things in my life, but being a UCSB gaucho is right near the top of the list. I don't try to hide that at all. The Gaucho Nation is strong. We all stay together. I'm proud as hell that you're a Gaucho and what you've accomplished. What was your UCSB experience like? And then how instrumental was it in who you are now on and off the floor? Yeah, I mean, first and foremost, shout out to the Gauchos. Um, Definitely have a lot of love and and respect for them as well. Uh, My time there was incredible. Uh, Outside of basketball, it was great to to grow, uh, to be in a beautiful place, you know, kids your age and grow in that manner as well, get a great education on the court. They, they gave me an opportunity to grow in my game and, and have opportunities to showcase it. Um, and it's something I'm forever grateful for. You know, I try to get back there every summer. So I spend time there as much as I can. I got property there. Um, it's very much a home away from home for me. No, I get that. I love that. So what's the backstory? For instance, you have Modesto and Stockton Roots. What's your backstory? Mm-hmm. How did you end up at UCSB? Why did you want to be a Gaucho? Yeah, I mean, I, I was getting recruited my junior year, or sophomore year, junior year, and getting a few offers here and there. And uh, You know, at first I had the narrative that it was a party school. You know, I never really paid attention to it as a basketball school, um, to be plainly speaking. And um, I honestly, I, I thought I'd go out east. I was like, I want to go out to the east coast. I've been on the west coast my whole life. I was trying to get out east a little bit. Um, and then I continued to go through the process, got to know them a little bit better, got to realize how things worked and how offers kind of get thrown around sometimes in, in this college basketball day and age we were in. So um, as I realized that the feelings were mutual, that they did love me, they did want me there, um, and I could have opportunities to grow in my game, knowing that I wouldn't really be a one-and-done player to reach my ultimate goal of getting to the NBA. Uh, it just worked out perfectly. It was a perfect storm, and I was able to go there and work on my game and, and fight for minutes and and go in there and showcase myself. Man, I love that. I love that so much. Gabe Vincent joining us. I love also that you kind of had this notion that it was a party school. And, and by the way, it is. Find me one college <laughs> that's not a party school, but but we right. work hard. It's a great academic school, and there's a good basketball tradition. People will laugh at me and clown me for that. Brian Shaw came through there. We were a top Absolutely. 25 school at a point. We had some incredible matchups with UNLV back in the day. So there is some basketball history there as well. So, Gabe, 
Dave, let me ask you this. You were undrafted. You played in the G League. You had a vision. You had a plan. But that doesn't make it easy. When things got tough and doubt would creep in, what would you do in those moments? What was your self-talk like then? Uh, my self-talk was just falling back on my routines that I'd set in place. Um, I think those have always been helpful for me. And as they may change or be altered, but it just helps me align back to, to being motivated again. You know, sometimes you lose motivation when you're chasing something difficult. Um, it, it can come and go. Sometimes you're on fire for it, and sometimes you don't really feel like getting up that day. Um, but, you know, your routines are set in place, and those habits uh, help you to remain in, in, those consistent, in those consistent moments and continue to grow. Gabe, like which routines and when did you establish them? Like when did you learn about that habitual construction and that motivation wanes? It's not always there that you need routines and to fall back on those routines. When did you learn that? Uh, I mean, I started doing it a little bit inherently uh, when I was young, probably like 12, 13, whether it was uh, stretching before we go play or or warming up a certain way or doing this before bed. Um, And I've just continued to, to change or add and subtract as time's gone on, and obviously my body's changed or my game has changed, uh, the level of where I'm at has changed. And, uh, so whether it was getting shots up at night before the game or cold tubbing a certain amount, uh, I just continue to stay steadfast in those. So let me ask you this before you go. Your father, Franklin, emigrated to the U.S. from Nigeria in 1980. Mm-hmm. You played on the Nigerian national team that upset Team USA in an exhibition game in the summer of 2021, and you really turned some heads then. Then you headed to the Tokyo Olympic Games what was the entire Olympic experience like for you? Uh, it was incredible. Obviously, that's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Uh, you know, it's something that no one could take away from me. And I, that's something I'm very proud of. I'll forever be an Olympian. Uh, unfortunately, we didn't perform the way we wanted to uh, when we were in Tokyo. But it was, it was really cool to get together with those guys and to compete at that level um, on that stage uh, and to represent our nation. You know, we know how much those games mean to our people and, and how much that game, even an exhibition against USA meant to our people back home. So uh, we're proud to represent them and, and just try to continue to make them proud. So an amazing time for you then. You'll never, ever forget that. You'll always have that. Also an amazing time this week. It's a really big week for you. You are a free agent to be come Friday with full bird rights. A gaucho too, Gabe. I need not tell you they can't take that from you. And I know you're proud of that. Amen. Listen, man, I'm so glad you and I came together and I really appreciate you fighting through my technical difficulties, Gabe. <laughs> I'm proud of you, of man. Course, I appreciate yeah. you so much. No, I appreciate you as well, man. Hopefully we can uh, meet face-to-face soon enough here. I would love to. Appreciate you, Gabe. Good luck. Have a great week. Gabe Vincent. Man, that is a pro right there. Pro's pro. It's going to be really interesting to see how that plays out. I'm not sure that Miami can afford to keep him. I'm sure that Gabe Gabe has a business decision to make right now, and his value went up exponentially throughout the postseason. And that's somebody who obviously, wherever he goes, he's going to do whatever he can to help that team win. But that's not a backup player. That's not a backup player worth X. That's a starter worth Y. And I said it. Eric Spolster has said it for the record. We love Gabe. We love him. He's one of us. He fits in. But they can't keep everybody. And now it's his time. So I'm, I'm so glad that he was able to fight through and not give up on that. You know, it's... It doesn't seem like a big deal, but I can't see how many times over the years that if there's a faulty connection, U.S. Cellular is introducing us mode. You know, it's kind of like airplane mode, but for people, it's a way to set up your phone so it does not get in the way of people really being with each other. Block distractions. Make way for real connections. Give it a try. Visit U.S. Cellular in store or online, and they'll help set up your phone to us mode free, even if you're not a customer. 
built for superior 5G connection and real human connection, U.S. Cellular, built for us. Find out more at uscellular.com slash find us. Richard in Santa Barbara. Richard, nice to have you on the show. How are you? Fine, thank you, Jim. Um, I was a teacher of Gabe Vincent at UCSB. And um, uh, just last weekend, we had our commencement activities here on campus. It was a beautiful event. And uh, I sat next to uh, Kathy Moore, who is another faculty member in my department. And we reminisced about um, Gabe Vincent. Um, and I think many of the things that you find in him today, such as his serious uh, habitual routine, is that he was an extraordinary student. He was really brilliant. Um, and uh, I greatly appreciated the times when uh, he'd come to my office hours. Um, and I must tell you, I taught at UCSB long enough to actually have Brian Shaw as a student many, many years ago. And I think that as great as Shaw was as a student, uh, Gabe Vincent um, is, is even better. So, Richard, for instance, I appreciate your thoughts. When, if you don't mind me asking, what, what did you teach and when did you start at UCSB? I started in 1974. I'm in the Department of Religious Studies. Uh, and I retired in uh, July of 2021. Good for you. So I was a comm studies major when I was there. So if you were in the Department of Religious Studies, you were probably colleagues with Walter Capps, the great Walter Capps. Uh, yes, I was. Yeah. So the we isn't it funny, Richard? What he what Gabe said about UCSB that he had this vision or this thought that it was a party school. And I said, well, what college isn't a party school? Hey, we gauchos take our studies seriously as well. I'm not saying that we don't have our fun, but this is a fairly rigid academic institution. But it has changed dramatically. I mean, have you seen changes over the years? We all laugh now. Me and all my gaucho friends, none of us could get into that school now, Richard. That's correct. Uh, the quality of the incoming class uh, has exponentially increased over the 47 years I've been a uh, faculty member there. Wow. But also, the quality of the faculty has changed dramatically as well. Um, and so the, the institution, I think, is really uh, quite extraordinary. But it all hangs, as you know, on the quality of students. And Gabe Vincent was one of one of our best, I think. We are joined by Chris Olave. Chris, great to have you on. How are you? I'm doing great, man. I appreciate you having me again, man. I'm glad to be on the show. It's good to have you back, man. I appreciate you, too. So, individually, you had a really productive rookie season with the Saints last year, and you go into your first NFL offseason. I'm really curious, since it was your first NFL offseason, how did you approach it, and how did you attack it? Uh, it was a long off season. Usually, we don't have uh, this, this this much time off, but uh, I definitely had a lot of individual work. Uh, just working on myself, working on things I can expand in my game. Uh, definitely worked on some weaknesses of mine, and, uh, trying to turn them to strengths. So I'm definitely excited for year two. Chris Olave joining us. You know, we could talk about some of the things you worked on, but I want to ask you this: as I mentioned, you had a really strong rookie season. You led the team with 72 receptions. Over 1,000 yards, you had four touchdowns. I'm curious, what was it like to have as much responsibility as you did from the jump, given that Michael Thomas and Jarvis Landry were hurt? I mean, essentially, you were WR1. 
Oh, yeah. That's all. That's what I dreamed of coming in uh, when I got drafted on draft night, uh, just to turn into that receiver one. And uh, they put that on me immediately because of uh, the injuries we had. So uh definitely allowed me to grow, uh, allowed me to grow fast. And uh, definitely I uh, felt like I was ready. And uh, I, know, I know I had a good season, but I'm looking forward to year two, like I said, and uh, definitely trying to turn it into a great season. Chris Olave joining us. Dude, that's a lot to ask. I mean, I know you're used to being the guy, and I know you want that on your shoulders, but wanting it and being ready for it are two different things. How were you prepared? How much of that was having gone to Ohio State, and how much of that was the advanced work you had done coming in? Uh, I just trusted my work. You know, I uh, practiced so long and uh, just a lot of repetition. Uh, Ohio State prepared me a, a long way uh, when I went to college. Uh, Coach Hartline, Coach Day, they prepared me for uh, the NFL. So I feel like I was ready coming in uh, week one. Uh, and I feel like I just trusting the work and, and being confident in that. Chris Olave is joining us. So you're looking ahead to year number two. You've got a new quarterback this year in Derek Carr. What are your impressions of him so far as a player and as a leader? What's that been like? Man, I love him. Uh, I love him as a person. And uh, he's, a, he's a great leader on and off the field. That's, a, that's what you ask for as a receiver, uh, especially a young receiver. So uh, he's definitely helped me uh, better my game and get better myself. Uh, we all know we, what he could do on the field, but – uh, just him being there for me off the field and uh, even on the field, I feel like that helped me a lot, and it's, it's, it's helping us build our chemistry. Hey Chris, that's something. Like, you just said that. Like, you were really quick to say, oh, I love this guy. I love this guy. Is it, like, a personal thing? Like, was he able to connect with you on a personal level, or is he the kind of guy professionally that you know is going to make you and the team better? Like, what do you love so much about this guy? Uh, it's kind of both. Uh, I know, like you said, just professionally, he's, he's a great dude, and uh, he, he carries himself the right way on and off the field. So uh, it's something to look up to and, uh, as, a, as a leader, uh, something you look at. And uh, just studying success, uh, just the, the years he's been in the league, he's been one of the top quarterbacks. So, uh, And as a person, he's just a great person uh, with a great family, and uh, that rubs off on people. So. Saints wide receiver Chris Olave joining us. Now, when you talk about a great leader, I want to ask you about Cam Jordan. For instance, when Cam Jordan speaks, I listen. And recently he was asked about his expectations for the coming season. Cam, Chris, said, quote, I expect to take Derek Carr, D4, back to Vegas where he just left and have a return at the Super Bowl. End of quote. Do you share Cam's level of confidence? Does it feel like this group has a Super Bowl run in it? Uh, yeah. That's, I mean, that's the expectation. Uh, I feel like that's everything is expectation, but – uh, I feel like we put the work in. We we've been working hard as a team, uh, building that chemistry. Uh, we're coming off a not so good year, uh, so everybody has a chip on their shoulder, and uh, I feel like we're ready to roll this year. So we we all excited, and uh, that's definitely the goal right there is to get there. I mean, I've always said that. That's a powerful thing. When you get a room full of guys and they've all got a chip on their shoulder and you've got talent and you've got heart, you've got grit, that's a powerful thing, a really powerful thing. Obviously, it's going to be a different offense and a really different team in a number of regards, especially if Michael Thomas is on the field consistently. It's been a challenge of late because of all the injuries. But how does he look to you right now? And if he is on the field consistently, how explosive is that offense going to be? No, we got a really explosive. We got a lot of different weapons, uh, we got Mike out there. We all know what he could do on the field when he's healthy. Uh, he's probably one of the best, if not the best receiver in the NFL. So uh, 
Uh, I'm excited to have him back, man. He's looking good. He's looking strong, big. Uh, like I said, uh, we, uh, we're looking forward to having an explosive offense, and uh, we're excited about it. Hey Chris, speaking of best receiver in the NFL, like anybody who wants to be great, I'm sure you'll tell me you're looking to be the best version of yourself. Ultimately, if you do become that, the best version of yourself, is that going to translate to you possibly being the best receiver in the game? Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Like that's everybody's goal is to be the best. That's why I'm here. I've been my got a competitive nature to me, competitive side to me. Uh, I feel like I, I want to be the best, and I'm working towards that. I'm young and and hungry, and I'm, like I said, I'm excited uh, for year two, and I'm, I'm working towards that uh, right now. It's the best response I've heard in a while. Quote: Hell yeah. Hell yes. <laughs> Hell yes, that should be the response. So you set a school record at Ohio State when you had 35 receiving touchdowns. 13 of them came in your senior year. It's kind of off topic, but they were thrown by C.J. Stroud. Man, I love the guy personally. Who are the Texans? They took him second overall. What kind of a player and leader is Houston getting in C.J.? If you could talk about him for a minute. Man, he came in Ohio State. Uh, felt like he was so mature, but he was 17, 18 years old. I could see it from, from the first day. Uh, he just came. It was just different about him. Uh, he's a leader, natural leader, a uh, great person on and off the field. He always sets a good example. Uh, and he always he, he got a, a big heart. He cared for others. So uh, Texans got a, a great quarterback. We all know what he could do on the field, but uh, off off the field, uh, he's even better as a person. So I'm excited for him. I can't wait to see his career take off. Chris Olave joins me for a few more moments. He's got a camp coming up this week, which we'll get into. Hey, one more thought for you. You talk about playmakers and those who came before you. I know Ted Ginn Jr. was at camp working with the receivers. Man, you want to talk about an explosive dude. What was it like having him around? And, like, when you were young and you were coming up and you were watching him, what did you make of his game? Man, I used to watch Ted Ginn so much. Uh, just his explosiveness, just the excitement he brought to the game. Uh, every time he touched the ball. Uh, he might go score. So uh, I was just excited to be by him, uh, just to uh, be in person with him and hear his words and how he, how he approaches the game. Uh, just a lot of uh, a lot of words of encouragement. And uh, I feel like, uh, like I said, I looked up to him, uh, watched him a lot on TV, and uh, just to get his opinion was, was huge to me. So He's one of those dudes, right, that, like, you couldn't take your eyes off him when he was on the field and especially when he got the ball and in space. He's just a guy you can't take your eyes off of. So like a lot of guys now, you have a little bit of time before the, you know, it's the calm before the storm. You've got your camp this week. It's your second camp. What's it represent to you to have an opportunity to have a camp, give back, and then what are the details? Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, I got a camp on June 30th this Friday up in San Marcos, my high school. Um, Hills High School. Uh, but I was always one of those young kids that always looked up to professional players, whether it's NFL, NBA. I always wanted to be able to meet them. Uh, but I never thought I would uh, just because uh, I broke out of So uh, to be able to to the community, I was blessed with this position I am and to be this platform. So just to be able to get back and get back to the community, let these kids know that uh, it is possible that they can do it, and anything is possible. So just to be able to give one of the kids is always a, a main reason uh, to be, be at his level. Good for you. Listen, are there spots still available, and if they want more information, where do they go to get it? Uh, uh, I, Saturday, 
All right, so I'm going to help you out with that. Pick that up. Tommy, pick that up. And I'm going to get that information so I make sure we have that. Not our best technical day, but we're fighting through it. Chris Olave joining us. And we just lost connection. If we can reestablish that, if I can get him back, or if I can get my bookers maybe to call their rep, and we'll find out exactly what the information is. That football camp, I know this. It is Friday. It's in San Marcos, which is here in Cali. And that is his second camp. The 11th pick overall out of Ohio State. Hyped up on this year. Loves Derek Carr. And it should be interesting, especially in that division where it's wide open. All right, so we are setting up our number three. This guy wants to attempt a haiku. Oh, you got it. Got it back. Chris, I'm sorry. We lost you momentarily. I want to make sure you got the information about the camp in. If people want more information, where do they go to get it? Uh, you can go online. Uh, but I'm, I'm, sadly, the, the camp is, is filled up, so uh, it's the maximum kids got already. It. But next year, next year, I'm going to throw another one. So. All right, good. Got probably- it. All right, just so they know, though. All right, so it's all filled up this year. Listen, Chris, appreciate you, and uh, great to have you back on. Have a great week. Yes, I appreciate you. Have a good one, man. We go now to Paul's dog. Yo, what's up, Pooch? Hello, Rim Room. I'm also a graduate of UCSB, the Universal Canine School of Barking. Right here, that stuck nut might be adding some smack off prop bets. One of them should be. How many times does Paul's dog get called a bitch? Whatever the number is, right bet the over. Those parrots can't come up with anything better. Rhino, let's call our boy dog a girl dog. Rhino, let's say Paul's dog should be euthanized. Do better. Or a canine... We'll be walking home with five girls. That's so much money. Do you know how many chew toys I could buy with that? That would make it rain. Busy bones. Anyway, looks like Vic in No Job has run out of humans to impersonate. He's moved on to animals. Bella's cat, Vic. Well, you are a... Well, never mind. Whose pet is next, Vic? John in New York's rat? Ferris Bueller's mare? Najee's hamster? Roar! Me being top dog in the jungle. Because I go middle hydrant. That is a boss move. Ruff me, rum route. Do it, Alvin. Rack him. He's round. Rack him. I'm telling you, I disagree with you clones who think that he's the worst thing that ever happened in the program. He's just not. He's not. He's not. Good night now.